We've all heard the old cliche about thinking outside the box. We understand that to mean that we've got to take new perspectives, use a new lens, see situations in different contexts than we use in our old patterns, our old behaviors, our old mindsets, our old models. That's all well and good if you're going to be creative and innovative, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's a very, very good thing. But it's election time, and I want to encourage you at election time to start thinking inside the box, inside the ballot box. When you go and mark your ballot, what are you thinking? What are you voting for? Why are you voting? Just as important as who you are voting for. So think inside the box. Let's explore that for a few minutes. We've got a federal election coming up, less than 36 days away. Not a lot of time to understand what's going on with the candidates, their parties, their leaders, their policies. It's going to be a very, very fast and furious campaign. We all have so many other things that are on our plate right now. You're worried about getting your kids back to school. You're worried about a fourth wave. You're worried about job security. You're worried about how you're going to pay your rent. You're worried about how your mortgage. There's just so many things going on, and then you add on to those things like big things like climate change. What are we going to do about that? And what about the our oil-based economy as we go to a low-carbon economy? All those big issues create great fud factors. Those fud factors are fear, uncertainty, and doubt. All the more reason to take some time to start thinking inside the box. It's voting time, folks. Your vote is the most powerful political tool you have at this moment. Politicians don't pay a heck of a lot of attention to people between elections, but they sure do coming up and leading up to an election. We've got lots of elections coming up. Federal election I just mentioned, October 18th. We've got every local government being reelected. In one form or another, and there's lots of fluidity in city councils, town councils, and regional councils, county councils, what have you. And then we have the school boards. Our public education system is under siege by the UCP government, seriously under siege, and they are looking to take over those school boards to make sure that their kind of 1950s sense of what public education should be, heck, what education should be. Is going to be influenced by certain candidates that are getting sponsored by the far right. Schools and kids are vulnerable and at risk. That's another election. Then we've got referendum and senatorial elections that are coming up, and tied to and tied to the local elections as well. We'll get into all those things in other podcasts. The point is, there's lots of elections. There's lots of things to consider. There's going to be lots of confusion between the federal election. And the local election and the school board elections, people are busy. They don't have a lot of time to pay attention to the distinctions and the differences here, and they're going to get confused. So it's going to be the job of people in Reboot Alberta and people who are really have the time and the talent and the bandwidth to help sharing and clarifying what's going on. Back to the issue: the ballot box. What's going to be your ballot question? Every election. Every campaign that we see ends up having a ballot box question. The thing that drives the majority of the population to vote the way they do. 
You will recall, as an Albertan, that we elected an NDP government in 2015, not so much because we elected an NDP government, but the ballot box question was we were tired of the PCs, their entitlement and their arrogance, and we decided to send them a message. Rachel Notley was a good, solid alternative that we could support. The ballot question was the PCs, not the NDP. And then in the, in the 2019 election, the ballot box question was the economy and jobs and pipeline and the respect for the province that Kenny tied into. And he got the second highest percentage vote turnout in the history of Alberta and the highest number of individual votes in the entire history of Alberta. It was a ballot box question then too. Back to the federal election. What is going to be the ballot box question? Is it gonna be vaccines and the pandemic? Could be. It's gonna be the economy. It's gonna be climate change. It's gonna be healthcare generally. Is it gonna be innovation and education and adapting to a low carbon economy? All those things are gonna potentially be ballot box questions. And they may be different ballot box questions on a regional basis from all over the place. In Alberta, what's going to be the ballot box question is an interesting macro question. But that's not the thing I think that should concern you so much when you're deciding what is your ballot box question. What is going to drive you to make a decision on who and whom you're going to vote for? Here's some opportunities. Here's some alternatives. Let's just talk federally for a while because that's the one that's most imminent. The federal election, you've got a number of choices. You can vote for the party. If you're a member of a political party, you're going to vote for that party. If you lean towards that party but don't have a membership, you're going to vote for that party. And that's fine. But you also, because of the shortness of time and the nature of how we conduct our campaigns, the personality, the trustworthiness, the character, and how the leader carries themselves in debates, in adversarial discussions, in policy approaches, how authentic and sincere they appear to us. The leadership question, who a lot of people are going to vote based on leadership. This election, I think leadership is going to be a significant ballot box question. Here's the reality. <coughs> Trudeau is about 50-50. Love him or hate him, but he's got a higher approval rating than everybody except Jadmir Singh and a higher disapproval rating um, than everybody except uh, Aaron O'Toole, the conservative guy. Aaron O'Toole is new kid on the block. He has a very low approval rating, very high disapproval rating, and there's a lot of unknowns about him. He's not going to have a hell of a lot of time to establish his personality in 36 days or less now. And he's also got a, a constituency inside his own party base is really, really split. He's starting to try and move to the center because there's more votes in the center, and his party wants him to stay far right because that's what they elected him for. Jadmir Singh, the NDP fellow, has got high approval ratings, very high approval ratings. People really like him. His disapproval ratings are very, very low. So he's got the attention of people and the admiration of people, but I'm not sure they're going to vote for him because I'm not sure that his policies are going to be appropriate for the times. A good influence, a guy that you want making waves and making comments, but I'm not sure people are going to see him 
as the founders that you want to be prime minister. Don't know? Time will tell. The third opportunity for you to make a decision is your local candidate. Do you know that local candidate? Do you know them to be capable? Do you know them to be competent? Do you know them to be committed to the community? Do they know the constituency and its issues? Do they care? Will they take responsibility to help at the local constituency basis? Will they be a constituency candidate versus a caucus member beholden to the leader? They can be both, but it depends on what their style is and their approach. You can vote for the candidate and People say they do, but they end up mostly voting for leaders. I encourage you to find out who the candidates are in your constituency as the place to start and research them off their webpage. Talk to people about them. Talk to your friends, your family, your colleagues about the candidates. Most of them are not going to have a clue. They're going to look to you because you've done some of the research. But do that research and share it. And share it widely. And people will then be able to move from that candidate up to the leader to the party. If they're voting for the party, the candidate is almost irrelevant because that candidate is just a means to the end of getting the party elected. If they're voting for the leader, we don't elect leaders in, our, in Canada. We elect candidates and those candidates collectively are, are beholden to a leader who sets the policy. We have very, very strong centralized leadership, top-down partisan approaches to democracy in Canada. And as a result of that, the leaders have enormous power, way too much power, in fact. So they're most important. My bias is I would like to elect the candidate that's constituency-based, that knows what's going on in these constituencies, that is committed to helping people in those constituencies, that is respected by the leader, not because they're so beholden, but because they're thoughtful, they're caring, they're conscientious, and they're capable. And they've got some some compassion for what's going on and they're and they can actually be able to make sound judgments the party itself not so much a big concern the party is a label it's just a vessel to get people to where we want to go but i but lots of people are going to vote for the party my bias is find a candidate that you really like and support that candidate tell them why you're supporting that candidate and make sure you stick with them Find a leader you really like and start start with that leader and tell the candidate you're voting for that leader and that's why you're voting for them. If it's the party you're voting for, there's not much point in talking to the, about the leader and talking about the candidate because you're already, you've already decided. The interesting thing is very few of us belong to political parties. Very few of us are driven to make our ballot box question support for a specific party. But it's there. The other level of deciding where you're going to vote is on issues, policies, programs, platforms. That takes a lot more work. You have to figure out what those parties stand for, what those candidates stand for, what they're presenting to you, what their promises are, and whether or not you believe they have the integrity, the capacity, the ability to fulfill those promises. I'll give you an example. Mr. Kenny ran in the last election on the basis of, of jobs, pipelines, and the economy. Well, he can't fix the economy. It's a, we live in a global economy, but we wanted that fixed. Governments don't make jobs. They only make jobs by subsidizing them. The jobs disappear as soon as the subsidies disappear. We've got lots of experience with that. And pipelines, well, quite frankly, they're a federal issue. They're not a provincial issue. He's got no control over those things either. So we made promises and things that he's got no control over, but people really like those areas. 
we got bamboozled, we got fooled, we got duped. So be careful when you vote on a platform that that platform can actually be delivered by that party, by that leader, before you get suckered into it. And then there, the third level is very personal. What's the thing that's sticking in your craw? What's keeping you up at night? What things do you want to see change that you need to have changed in your life so that you actually have a better life? That area is the most principled and most important and the most personal, but the hardest to influence on the political agenda. However, because there's power in voting right now, and the, the political culture will be paying attention to you if you reach out. We'll teach you how to bring your truth to power in another podcast, and, how it's, and why it's important, and why it's difficult, and why it takes persistence, but there's a technique here in how to do that. It's about having difficult conversations. But if it's a matter of personal concern that you have, that you want to convey, and use the power of your citizenship and the power of your vote right now in, this, in these election times, there's a really good way to do that and there's a really good purpose in doing that. So, in summary, think inside the box. What's going to be your ballot box question? Don't be so concerned about what's going to be the big ballot box question. It'll happen anyway. Be aware of it. Be informed about it. But don't let that change what your, what your major personal drive is. Are you going to vote for the party, the leader, or the candidate? Are you going to vote on the basis of policy and programs and platforms? Or are you going to vote on the basis of personal issues, principles, and purposefulness on, on what your voting is? Those are the three levels. But think about where you come from, what you want, and how you want to exercise the power of your citizenship at this most important time where that power is the most meaningful and the most influential election time. Think inside the ballot box. Think of what it means to you. Make sure you vote. But make sure you vote as an aware, informed, and an effectively engaged citizen. Thanks for listening. This is the Reboot Alberta podcast. I'm Ken Chapman. Appreciate you lending us your ears. If you like this, please subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your fools, tell your family. We need to make sure that citizenship is front and center, not just partisanship, as we go to press for change and develop a better political culture for Alberta. Bye for now.